I thank God for all who have led us in worship today, for our musicians who lead us so beautifully in worship. It's good to be worshiping with you all here in the sanctuary and with you all who are worshiping with us online. We are in a sermon series called Faithful. We're talking about how to be full of Christian faith and incorporate the various dimensions of faith into our own walk. Today, I want to draw your attention to Psalm 42. I'll read the whole thing, verses 1 through 11, from the New Revised Standard Version. And the title of my sermon is Introspective Faith, Preaching to Yourself. Psalm 42 reads, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the thunder of your cataracts. All your waves and your billows have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want you to know that every sermon I preach, I'm preaching to myself. As I prepare the message for you, I know that I need it too. Today, my goal is actually to help you learn to preach to yourself. Don't worry, you won't have to do a bunch of research to prepare a sermon. You won't have to rehearse the fine points of delivery. You won't even have to write anything down. There are only three words necessary for this sermon. And you'll be preaching it privately to yourself. 
I don't think learning to preach to yourself will be too terribly difficult, especially if you're already accustomed to talking to yourself. Do you talk to yourself? I don't mean unspoken dialogue in our minds, like when we silently think, do I want a sandwich for lunch or a salad? What I mean is literally talking to yourself out loud. I do this with some regularity. Sometimes when we are at home, my wife Dana will say, what? And I'll say, nothing, I was just talking to myself. Talking to yourself is often stigmatized as indicating mental instability. But psychologists say that as long as you're aware that you're talking to yourself, self-talk is normal and can actually be beneficial sometimes. Psychologist Guy Winch notes that many people use self-talk for motivational reasons, especially when encountering stressful situations such as a first date or a job interview. Sports psychologists note that professional athletes often use self-talk to gain a psychological advantage in competition. I've seen clips of quarterback Russell Wilson and defensive lineman J.J. Watt talking to themselves out loud on the sidelines. Talking to ourselves can help us slow down, process our thoughts, and be more intentional in our mental focus. Journalist Wendy Rose Gould cites a study that was published in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology, a study which found that when people were looking for a familiar item like their keys, speaking to themselves and saying the name of the item out loud helped people find the objects more quickly. You know, when I misplace my keys, I'll say to myself out loud, now the last time I had my keys was in the car, now where have I been since then? Maybe it helps. A study at the University of Michigan contrasted talking to yourself in first person with talking to yourself in second and third person language, especially when trying to accomplish an urgent task. The results showed that people who used second or third person language in their self-talk were more effective. Evidently, talking to ourselves in second or third person creates psychological distance from the stressful situation so that we are better able to manage our anxiety and accomplish the task before us. I actually tried this before today's sermon. I said to myself in second and third person language, Noel, you can do this, you can preach well today. You'll have to tell me later if it works. Now you may be wondering what self-talk has to do with Christianity. The answer is that self-talk is part of faith and self-talk is part of scripture. In Judges 5, the prophet Deborah said to herself, March on, my soul, with might. In Lamentations 3, the prophet Jeremiah said to himself, The Lord 
is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. In Matthew 9, when the woman with an issue of blood was seeking healing from Jesus, she said to herself, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. In Luke 15, when the prodigal son was struggling and starving in the far country, he said to himself, I will get up and go to my father. In the book of Psalms, the psalmists often speak to their own soul in second or third person language. Maybe they understood the wisdom of this long before modern psychology. Psalm 146 says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits who heals all your diseases, who forgives all your iniquities, who redeems your life from the pit. And then there is Psalm 42, the great psalm of self-talk that teaches us how to preach to ourselves using just three key words. The psalm begins with a prayer of yearning, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O oh God. Human beings are made by God for God. So our souls naturally long for God. The fourth century preacher, St. Augustine, wrote in his famous confessions, You made us for yourself. And our hearts find no peace until they rest in you. Since God created us for communion with God, our deepest longing and our deepest yearning is for God. Verse 2 says, my soul thirsts for God. Water is not a luxury but a necessity so is God. Water is not something we can live without, nor is God. There is a God-shaped void in each of us that can only be filled with God, no matter how many other things we try to stuff in there. The psalmist appears to have known this, but was nonetheless sorrowing. My tears have been my food day and night, says verse 3. This one verse is enough to overthrow the misguided assumption that faith is always happy. My tears have been my food, says the psalmist, faithfully expressing his profound grief. Many of us can relate, especially over the past 18 months. According to a survey from the University of Chicago, which draws on data from the General Social Survey, last year, Americans were the unhappiest we've been since the General Social Survey began back in 1972. The pandemic has inflicted incalculable grief 
and loss. And its cruel persistence has hardly allowed us opportunity to recover. Life as we know it has been upended. Medical professionals on the way home from another long shift. Mourners on the way home from yet another funeral. Families in the midst of canceling their plans yet again can all say with the psalmist, my tears have been my food. On top of that, I recently read about what author Court Marley calls social comparison syndrome. He defines it as the unhealthy habit of online comparison that creates bitterness, disdain, and pride. You know, when we scroll through Instagram or Facebook and see photos of somebody else's vacation or somebody else's date night or somebody else's new home, and we feel inferior or inadequate by comparison, it can make us downcast or even angry. Studies indicate that social media can be toxic for some, increasing feelings of anxiety and depression. I also read recently about something called headline stress disorder, which occurs when headlines from a variety of sources constantly bombard us with troubling news. And we become angrier or more anxious as a result. My tears have been my food. Is there anything that can help amid such Sadness and struggle? Well, in verse 4, the psalmist remembers better times when he was worshiping with the people of God. But I want to focus on verse 5 where the psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. My help and my God. Here, the psalmist is preaching to himself. He is urging his own downcast soul to hope in God. He is encouraging his own sorrowful soul to hope in God. He is exhorting his own embattled soul to hope in God. God. This is the three-word sermon we can all use. Hope in God. You know, preaching to yourself differs from instinctual self-talk or psychologically motivated self-talk because preaching to yourself is a way to remind yourself that you are not your own hope. It's a way to instruct ourselves. To hope in the one who is far greater. This is not to devalue ourself. For God has created us in God's own image, as Genesis 1 says. And we are wonderfully made, as Psalm 139 indicates. And God has made us just a little lower than the angels, as Psalm 8 conveys. We are remarkable creatures endowed with uninfringible dignity and holy possibility. But we are not our own Savior. We are not our own help. And we are not 
our own hope. Bible scholar Clinton McCann Jr. notes, our culture teaches us that we are self-grounded and self-directed. It's all up to us. But the psalmist does not say, I've got this. I can manage on my own. The psalmist does not say, I can handle this because I'm good enough and strong enough. There's no self-help psychology here. There is only my soul longs for God. My soul thirsts for God. Hope in God. Hope is not in the self, but in God. Help is not in the self, but in God. God. Sovereignty, strength, and salvation are not in the self, but in God. So instead of just talking to yourself, I'm encouraging you literally to preach to yourself. Here's the sermon. Hope in God. That's it. Three words. Hope in God. This one brief sermonic message can turn our mindset from being self-enclosed and self-dependent to being open to God's presence, open to God's strength, open to God's help. Now at this point in the sermon, some preachers might say, say it with me now, hope in God. But I'm not going to say that. At this point in the sermon, some preachers might say, turn to your neighbor and say, hope in God. But I'm not going to say that either. Honestly, it doesn't matter that much whether you preach it right now, because I'm already preaching it, and we're all thinking it, I hope if we're paying attention, because we're all worshiping together in this moment. What matters is whether you preach this sermon to yourself in the moment your soul needs it most. In the moment when I'm not there preaching it for you. In the moment when other Christians are not around either. What matters is whether you preach it to yourself when your soul is downcast, when your spirit is troubled, when you are struggling in your innermost being. It's then that a sermon can rise up on your lips and you can proclaim to your own soul hope in God. We're talking about the introspective dimension of Christian faith. Of course, there is a communal dimension of faith, too. Faith is a team sport. Your church is always here for you. And I, as your pastor, am here for you. But there is an introspective side of faith which is deeply personal, even private. This dimension of faith exists only between you and God. This is the faith that lives in the inner life of unspoken thought, in the quiet moments of lonely solitude, in the part of you that only God knows. If you don't yet have this introspective dimension of faith, I would encourage you to embrace it so that you can exercise the full scope of the Christian way. 
you might need the introspective dimension of faith in a lonely dorm room. You might need the introspective dimension of faith in a creaky ICU bed. You might need the introspective dimension of faith in a dark and silent home. You might need it every morning. Christian author Johnny Erickson Tata, who lives with quadriplegia, writes, There are very few days when my soul does not require a good talking to. Sometimes quadriplegia is just plain tiring. Add to it chronic pain, and it can wear on the soul. It's why when I deal with pain, I often pray, Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. When we preach to ourselves, hope in God, we can recall God's presence with us and we can recall God's unfailing love. Verse 8 says, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Here is the love of God coming to the believer. Here is self-talk taking the form of prayer. As Bible scholar James Luther Mays notes, this psalm is not so much autobiography as it is worship. For people of introspective faith, our self-talk is wrapped in God talk. Our self-confidence is wrapped in God confidence. Our self-esteem is wrapped in God esteem. Our psychology is wrapped in theology. Our help is wrapped in divine strength and our hope is in God. Preaching to ourself can remind ourselves about all this. Listen, I can't ordain you all to the gospel ministry this morning, but I can authorize each of you to preach to yourself. It might turn out that the most important sermon you ever hear comes from your own voice. You might want to preach to yourself as Deborah did. March on, my soul, with might. You might want to preach to yourself as Jeremiah did. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. You might want to preach to yourself as the prodigal did. I will get up and go to my father. You might want to preach to yourself as the psalmist did in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, but really... All you need to preach to yourself are three words. When your soul is struggling, when no one is around, when your tears have been your food, when you are sorrowing or despairing, when you stare into the depths of your innermost being and you hurt, be a reverend to your own soul. Ascend the pulpit of your own heart and preach this message to yourself. Hope 
in God. And the God of all hope will be with you. Amen.